0: All right, this is hindsight 2020. This one post the conference championship games. What a fantastic day of football. Just a great day of sports in general. I'm a, I'm going to humble brag about my day here on Sunday. So I got up early as I do, took the dog for a walk, took him to the park. Went to the gym, which was an absolute necessity because I have to detox after the debauchery uh, that was experienced with the day of Disney day drinking the day before. Uh, Get home, do some chores, give the dog a bath, and that was it. That was my docket. I had to take care of my puppy because after that, starting at about 11.30 noon, Old man Jeff watched the Royal Rumble from the night before because God knows I'm not going to be staying up till all hours of the night, meaning past 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, watched wrestling into the two championship games. I mean, just battle royals and battles for NFL supremacy all day long. It was absolutely Fantastic. And I gotta say, as entertaining as those games were, the theme was you just can't surprise me anymore at this point. Um, the Kansas City Baltimore game. Mike and I do a category throughout the season. It's called the Share of Square where basically the premise is you just take a handicap that is the popular opinion of pretty much any square or any novice casual football fan and imply it without outthinking the room and the thought here was Patrick Mahomes As an underdog, a situation where he is 90% against the spread and in about 80% of those games he wins the game outright, go ahead and take the Chiefs because, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes getting points, but maybe you were drawn in like I was by the other side, you know where you're going to back Lamar Jackson in a playoff game. Again, absolutely no surprise. When I talk to people today and they know I had Baltimore and they say to me, "Huh, how didn't you take the Chiefs? That seemed pretty obvious. I want to get mad. I want to explain something about sharp betting and positive EV and power rating evaluations, but I can't they're right. The square opinion was the right opinion on this one. And frankly, it wasn't even all that square. It was frankly pretty sharp. Best quarterback on the planet, going against a guy that tends not to be able to show up and play in playoff games. Yeah, that was a that was a handicap I should have been able to get to. But you know what? I'm not all that upset about it because... I think I just held firm in a belief that I had that this was the year for the Ravens. This was the year that they were going to go over the top. Now I was dead wrong, but I kept faith in my opinion and it didn't matter that I felt I was on an island in this one. The only good news is, is because I was on an island, I think a bunch of other people had no sweat wins on this game. Uh, you know, it was funny, Kansas City, it was like they, what I like so much about the Chiefs is they constantly play each opponent like the individual game that it is. They're not going into games saying, okay, here we are, we're the Chiefs, this is what we want to do. They look at each game and say, okay, how do you beat the Baltimore Ravens? And in this case, it was throw your heaviest punches early on offense and defense, jump out to a lead, and watch them be confused and melt down. And frankly, that's kind of what happened. Now, Baltimore's defense got it together after a really slow start. They didn't even allow points in the second half. But Baltimore's offense just never looked comfortable. Even on the very first play of the game, it looked like something out of the leather helmet days. They were in a like a bunched eye formation, ran a Lamar was under center, it was a basic run to the right. It just didn't look comfortable. And every time Baltimore got off the field, Lamar Jackson, didn't it seem like he was running to his Under Armour cold gear? Like, could not wait to get his beanie on, his jacket on, his face mask on. It just looked like he was never engaged in the game. And as much as Baltimore hung around, hung around, hung around... I know that game came down to the Zay Flowers fumble, but it just never felt like they were going to be comfortable enough to win. The one time where it looked like they shifted the momentum was when Lamar got his pass batted and caught it himself to make a big gain. You saw him laugh. You saw everybody loosen up. You saw the possibility that Baltimore could finally Write this thing and get it going. But then the fumble happens and there was just no hope on it. And I got to say this, look, I know MVP is a regular season award. We're not supposed to look at the playoff performances. Nobody's going to take the award now from Lamar NFL, if you're going to make it a regular season award awarded after the last week of the season, don't let everybody's eyeballs see this. You're not doing anyone any favors including your MVP system when you try to tell me that the MVP of the league was the guy who at no point in the game looked like he had any chance of beating the other guy, you know, the actual MVP of the league over the past decade. It's a bad look NFL. So either count the playoffs or award it at the end of the regular season. You make everybody look bad by the way you do this. The Chiefs just, they were awesome. Championship level defense. They held the ball for 37 minutes. They kept Baltimore on the sideline. And for all the talk that we and countless other people's joked, the NFL was going to fix the game. Patrick Mahomes has his free flag. What are they going to do for the Swifties? The Chiefs just kicked their butt. No no ifs ands about it. It was just an all-out thrashing from a championship team. Kansas City deserves it. And frankly, Baltimore, they deserved it too. And the fact that I just can't let go of my fandom that Purple cape uh, that I this want and this desire I have to want what I see as Baltimore's potential come to fruition cost me here in this game. I there's part of me that always wants to hold on to that because I think we've got to trust our gut in certain betting aspects, but there's other parts of me that have to recognize when that leaves the station of objectivity and starts to pour pour into some sort of glass of subjective fandom. I got to be better on that in the future. Uh, Great win for the Chiefs here. Get the win and the cover as the dog wins outright. Okay, let's talk about Detroit. Uh, This was a collapse for the ages. Uh, I didn't think San Francisco played particularly well. My big part of my handicap here was the fact that Andy, or excuse me, that Dan Campbell is absolutely going to trust his guys a hundred percent. You can't say that that wasn't the case, and that Kyle Shanahan just really didn't trust Brock Purdy. But I will say this: if I told you going into Sunday, that one quarterback is gonna have five rushes for fifty-eight yards, and every time he takes off and runs the ball, he's gonna break the back of the opposing team. You would have never guessed it was gonna be Brock Purdy. I don't know how well he played here. It didn't it looked he looked lost for the first three quarters of the game, but everyone in San Francisco got found. When Detroit just completely collapsed in this game. It it was one of those things where it's like you got a buddy and you're at the casino and he is on an absolute heater just winning everything and then all of a sudden you watch him misplay a hand of blackjack and he gets really upset about it and you say, oh no, that's not going to be a one-time mistake. And then one mistake leads into the other. And the next thing you know, he's pushing all his chips on the roulette table trying to get green double zero. It, It was just an epic collapse with Detroit. It's almost as if they ran by a mirror and saw that Detroit logo on their head And all of a sudden was like, wait a minute, the Detroit Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl? How can that happen? I mean, I've never seen a team just completely look the moment in the eyes and then collapse. It reminded me of those old Wile E. Coyote cartoons where Wile E. Coyote would run off the edge of the cliff and he would be fine right up until the fact that he looked down and saw no granite underneath him and then held up the sign that says Detroit ain't going to the Super Bowl and fell all the way down to his demise. I I mean, it was hard to watch. Um, I don't know. At the end of the game, I got saved because for whatever reason, instead of taking the field goal down by 10, after wasting the timeout, they decide to go for the touchdown. It's a great catch about time for all the drops that they had uh, during that game. But I just got to tell you, Dan Campbell, I understand that you want to play with a certain aggressive tone. But there are times in the game, and you understood it early in the first half, 21-7, get down to the goal line, can't score, you take the points. And that drove you crazy. So next time you're down there in the third quarter, instead of collecting points, which would have put you back up by 17, just like the decision to take a field goal did in the second quarter, you go for it, drop, San Francisco scores, then the Gibbs fumble, San Francisco scores again, you have more drops, you have the punt where I don't know how guys whose only job it is, is to play special teams, don't understand that when you down the ball at the one, you can't go into the end zone. Like, I really just can't understand how people don't know this. And then down 24-27, with no momentum, with no confidence, instead of taking the field goal, you go for it. Now, I understand you thought you needed 30 points to win the game, but there was three and a half minutes left. Did you really think it was going to be the last score of the game with your defense? Tie the game for crying out loud. If San Francisco scores it all again, you can go down and match. Even if they scored a touchdown, you could go down, match, and do what you always do and go for two. It was just like... I don't think the biggest mistake to Dan Campbell was not taking the field goal and then missing the fourth down conversion in the third quarter. I think that Dan Campbell, the biggest mistake he made was taking the points at the end of the second quarter. He couldn't get over the fact that he wasn't aggressive. He didn't read the room. He didn't read the situation. It was an absolute shame because it looked for sure like Detroit was going to their first Super Bowl. Instead, it's an utter collapse. Collapse with a lead in, in Detroit, a no-show from Baltimore after they fall behind in the beginning of the game. And here we are, Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. It should be a great game, this thing right now, recording this on Monday. This thing is hovering around Pickham. I I can't wait to see this line move back and forth. Mike and I will be getting together this week. We're going to do our Super Bowl preview show. And then after that, there's just one more hindsight. And then, man, my time is just going to open up. I'm not going to have to do all this work for football. You know, I love it, but I do start to get burnt out of it. And it is nice when the when things open up, and I can start to read some of my other books. I can start to listen to some more podcasts that are not football related. And if you're looking for something not fo- football related, check out the Happy Hour with Ariel and Deuce. When I need to get away from the football conversations or anything serious, I just want to hear good jibber jabber. These guys get together. It's a good hang. They're talking about all sorts of pop culture stuff, and it's just a good listen. I I like that when I'm trying to get away from the stress of the football. So check out that podcast. I listen to it every week in my busy time, but now I'll be able to add other good time podcasts as well. Mike and I will be back discussing the big game this week, and you can bet on it.